Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Well, 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 welcome back to the show. This is your friendly neighborhood weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I have today registered nutritionist and certified health coach. I can't say her name, so I'm not going to butcher it. We're just going to call her Anne. And Anne lives in London. And she, I follow her on Instagram and I love her information. I love the way she presents health. And today, we're going to talk about gut health. And if you listen to my show, you've been following me, you know how I talk about the importance of gut health for so many reasons. Because this is what Anne does. See, she helps men and women transform their weight, health, and life by focusing on nutrition, coaching, and gut health. She puts it all together. Now, even though we're primarily going to talk about gut health, we're going to include other things into this interview so you can know the importance of how to actually take care of yourself. But let me quickly explain to you, especially if you're new to the show, why our gut is so important. See, every organ at some level depends on our gut. See, the gut includes our stomach, small intestine, large intestine, microbiome, and you know I've talked about the microbiome, and accessory organs like the liver, pancreas, and gallbladder. It is really, it's really where we digest, absorb, and transport nutrients. There's even studies that tell us that 95% of our immune system resides in our gut. So you can't have a healthy immune system if you don't have a healthy gut. So let me say this before I bring on Anne. We aren't just what we eat, but we also are what we absorb. And remember my story with my asthma and my gut health. I had to heal my gut to take, take care of my asthma. And since I healed my gut, it's been over two and a half years, and I've been off all three of the medications I used to be on. And this is why I'm going to bring on Anne so we can have this discussion today. Hi, Anne. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You, got, you caught me mid-swallow there. Sorry about that. Um, thank <laughs> you for being on the show. Thank you for being on the show. This is going to be a great interview, Anne. So let's start this puppy off. Um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your journey. Tell us about your qualifications. Okay, I'm a registered nutritionist and a certified health coach. The way I came into this is different from most people. Most people tend to come in based on an illness, but mine has been based on passion. Ever since I was little, I had a passion for health, you know, eating well and living well. My mom said to me that as a young girl, I used to go around telling family members, don't eat that, don't drink that, eat that, drink that, that's good for you. So I've had it in me from ever since I was young. But um, going on to university, I did, I did a course in zoology, then I went on to do my master's in computer science. So I worked as an IT professional for years, but I still wasn't satisfied. There was something missing. 
I remember one day just sitting down, okay, what else can I do? I'm not happy with my job. And then I, I read a book that talked about purpose and passion. It has to do with what you enjoy, what you like. And I said to myself, I like health. I like eating well. Maybe I can do something in that. So I went on the internet and I found a course where I could do, um, I could study as a nutritional therapist and I can also work at the same time. So I, I did that course for three years. Then I went on to become certified as a health coach. So when I did that, then I now began to see clients, help them to, to achieve their goals, taking them from A to B, clients that had gut health issues, clients that wanted to lose weight. And I was really, really satisfied. So that's been my journey. It's based on passion. So growing up, you were basically the health police, right? Is that what you're telling me? So I've been like, you can't tell me not to eat this honey bun. What are you talking about? It tastes good. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. My mom said to me, that's what I used to do. I used to go around telling, you know, cousins, aunties, uncles, oh, don't eat that. You shouldn't eat that. Oh, don't drink that. You should be eating that. So, you know, it's, it's been in me ever since I was little. I didn't know that. She told me that. I said, okay. Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome. So basically, it's basically in you. So I absolutely love that. It's, you know, in my case, it started with an illness. And with a lot of people, it started with an illness. But you, this is your passion. You love to help people. So that's why you're really great for my audience. So thank you very much. So I like this, and I believe it was on your blog or on your page. But it says that uh, you believe that if you take time to take care of yourself from within, it will set you on a path to optimal health. Please explain what that means. It goes back to the gut. You know, all health and disease begins in the gut. So when I talk of within, I'm talking about your gut health. If you look after your gut, you'll be healthy. If your gut is healthy, you'll be healthy. If your gut is unhealthy, you'll be unhealthy. So it starts from the gut. So anything you want to do, you can't ignore the gut. you got to start with the gut health. Right, because if 95%... Because if 95% of your immune system resides there, you're never going to be able to fight off pathogens and diseases if your gut is constantly inflamed. I mean, when we talking about when we talk about even like um, autoimmune disease, autoimmunity is really prevalent because of poor gut health. Because your gut is inflamed, your body is constantly fighting off itself, fighting off oxidative stress as well with the chronic inflammation. So that eventually, your body just does starts to react to itself. Because it doesn't know what's good and it doesn't know what's bad. So even if you have skin issues, issues with your skin, you have to deal with your gut. It's coming from the gut. Exactly. You know, like um, I used to have really bad eczema too. And when I, I have had an eczema flare up in, I'll say, four or five years since I've been working on the health of my gut. So that's, that goes to show that once you take care of your gut, your body will start operating more, more optimally. So then my next question to you is, why isn't self-care selfish? <laughs> That's a good one. You see, I read somewhere that you cannot pour from an empty cup. And that's true. That makes sense. Because if you don't look after yourself, you will not be able to look after other people. You've got to look after yourself. So it's not selfish. You cannot pour from an empty cup. So you've got to take time to look after yourself. When you're healthy, then you can help other people to be healthy. You know, growing up in the Caribbean, we have a lot of people who, or not a lot of people, but some people who they say go to, you know, richer countries. And those who are in richer countries feel obligated to help others who don't do, didn't have the same opportunity. But what could sometimes happen, and the same thing happened to me, I moved to the U.S., 
I felt obligated to help everybody else. So oftentimes I couldn't find food to eat, but I feel like some way I have to send money home. And it was one day I didn't have, I was sending money back home, but I, my car was in the shop and I didn't have money to fix my car. And my stepmom said to me, you can't take care of yourself. You can't take care of everybody else if you don't take care of yourself. Right. So that ties into that. But then my question to you is with talking about you have to take care of yourself first and you can't pour from the empty cup. How that, how does that tie into your health? Because if, like now, even me as a health professional, if I want to help people to be healthy, I've got to be healthy myself. Because if I'm not healthy myself, I will not be able to help them. So I've got to look after my health, you know, make sure I'm healthy, look after myself, find time to rest, find time to, you know, to recharge, you know, eat well, exercise. I've, I've got to do it first. Then I'll be able to help other people. Right. I've had, um, I've brought on every health professional that I brought on to this show have had some kind of health routine, right? Even if it's food related or just when they're talking about self-care, they, you know, if it's, you know, ways to activate their um, parasympathetic nervous system. So it's like taking a bath or, you know, reading or journaling, you know, trying to focus their energy in a positive way, meditation. Do you have any, uh, any habits like that that you tend to yeah, follow? Yeah. I wake up very early in the morning. I got about five, you know, in the morning. I'm so used to that. I'm an early riser. I got about five. I have my prayer time, meditation, reading my Bible. So, and then when I do that, I go for my workout, you know, because I do workouts a lot. I, I like I like to exercise. So then when I work out, then when I do that, I'm not ready for, I'm not ready to start my day. You know, then I have breakfast and the, the, the day continues. But I have to start, I have to start it like that. And the day is because I, I, I don't work out every single day. I do have my rest days. So even though I have my rest days, I do start with, you know, prayer, meditation, reading my Bible. And then I now, you know, start, have breakfast and then start work. But it has to follow that. And then when I have my rest days, you know, I take time, I read, I read a book, just a funny book, <laughs> some, something that'll make me laugh, you know, something that really, really make me laugh, that'll crack me up. You know, I listen to music to just wind down, you know, and then just go outside. I love to go outside a lot because fresh air is really important. So I go outside, just take a walk and just at times I just do nothing. Just do nothing. I was talking to someone today. I like the fact you ended by saying do nothing, by the way. That's I do have my moments where after this interview and after I edit it and um, I'm going to basically do nothing for the rest of the day. Um, I... Um, I was talking to someone today and uh, we we're talking about a plan because she's like, you're, you always planned out with your work day, what you're going to do here, there, or there. And I said to her, um, do you know what's a, um, what's a desire without a plan? And she said, I said, it's a wish, <laughs> right? So I guess desires and wish could probably be synonymous anyway, but uh, I guess, yeah. um, but the whole idea is if you don't have a plan that you're never going to get anywhere. And that's why most of us, struggle that's why when someone for example starts a weight management or weightlifting program or they want to lose weight I always recommend for the first few months to get a trainer if you can afford it because a trainer will put you on a plan yeah. um, a health coach would put you on a plan and if especially if they're good at what they're doing i.e myself I'll put you on a plan that yeah. will be beneficial for you specifically right yeah. so and that's when things start to make a difference but he was like you know what I'm just going to run and try to lose weight I had a client that, before he was my client, he, he tells me the story now, that he used to run, I'm not sorry, he used to ride his bicycle for miles every day for a whole year, didn't lose a pound. And yeah. 
literally didn't lose a pound. And he said, I don't know exactly how true it is, but he didn't lose a lot of weight. And he, and after working with me and he's still, still working with me, still improving. He's also over 70 pounds. And he tells people that story all the time. He's like, you should work (laughs) with this guy. Cause I'm going to tell you, I used to ride my bicycle every day and lose a weight. And now I'm enjoying what I eat. I'm enjoying my workouts and I'm just, I'm dropping weight and my energy levels are great. And you know, he, he's starting to lock into those things. So learning up, getting a plan, right? Getting a plan together is important. If you want to work with a trainer after that, that's fine. But mm-hmm. after the three months or whatever, but you need it in the beginning to get yeah. that plan. It will really make a difference for the rest of your life. I agree. I agree. I agree. Because when I have clients come to me, they realize that after working with me for a period of time, they can see the difference. And they will say that if I had done this by myself, I wouldn't have been able to make progress. I agree. Exactly. So then my next question is, because when we're trying to lose weight, we look at the scale a lot, right? The scale's not moving. Oh my God, the scale's not moving. It drives me insane. <laughs> but what can happen when we focus too much on the scale? And here, here it is. What are some non-scale victories? Okay. The number on the scale is not a true picture of your weight loss journey. Because weight loss is a journey and it involves lifestyle changes, which doesn't happen overnight. So when you when you fix so much on the number on the scale, so for example, if you're bloated and you go on the scale, the number is going to go up. So if you if you if you, if, you if, if the number goes up and you say, oh my goodness, I'm not losing weight, then you say, oh, it's not working anyway. So that will not affect your mindset, and you begin to think that oh, it's not working anyway. So you it, does, it helps you not to stay <clears throat> motivated, but it's not a true picture of your weight loss journey. You know, non-scale victories like you know, for example, your clothes. Your clothes now fit you better. That's a non-skill picture. You know? When you look in front of the mirror and you say, oh, I like how I look now, you know, compared to how I was before. That's a non-skill victory. You know? I sleep better. That's a non-skill victory. I have more energy. You know? I'm not bloated anymore. That's, that's a non-skill victory. My mind is sharper. That, that's a non-skill victory. You know? No more constipation. Those are non-skill victories. And that will give you a bigger picture of your weight loss journey because weight loss involves lifestyle changes. I agree. And it's also not a fast process that most people think. I mean, yeah, you can try to outrun your fork all you want, but it true sustainable weight loss takes a while. I don't, I know you live in the UK. There's a show called um, the biggest loser. I don't know if you guys watch that over there. And individuals lose a lot of weight. They have them on contests. And I think I've seen that once. Yeah, I do. I think I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. And they've done studies on those shows show that most people on that show at afterwards gain the weight back and more. Yes. Um, because they're not training their metabolism. Their metabolism is not becoming flexible. They are not um, learning proper nutrition and proper lifestyle changes. So once you start eating foods that you would eat before, you get the weight right back. That's even the problem I have with a lot of people ask me because keto and paleo are really popular right now. And they say, should I be on keto? Should I be on paleo? I say, I don't know. We need to talk about your lifestyle. I need to, I need to look at your ancestral background. We need to know if I get, find out what gut enzymes you actually have that can help you to break down the proper foods. What, what, what do you eat right now? Because the thing is, if you go on keto and you stay on keto for too long, you can then have less enzymes to break down carbs. So if you were to reintroduce carbs in the future, then you, you, you're going to gain the weight right back. Your body can't absorb it as well, right? Yeah. And then if you, were, if you do stay on keto long-term, especially if you don't know what you're doing, 
then you can end up nutrient deficient. So then you're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. And again, that's why it's good to have a coach. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what is mindful eating and how is mindful eating connected to our gut? Okay. Mindful eating is about, you know, taking time to, you know, eat your food. But I will go even before you eat your food, you know, take time to, when you're cooking your food, take time to imagine how, how tasty the food is going to be. Look at the colors of, of the food, you know, and all that will begin to wet your digestive juices, which can help with your gut health. And then when you're eating your food, you know, take time, be present when you're eating the food. Eat with no distraction. Don't eat in front of the TV. Don't eat with, don't eat with any device. Just slow down and chew properly. Because when you chew your poop, when you chew properly, it's easy for your body to digest the food. So mindful is about taking time to eat your food, to slow down, be present. You know, don't eat in front of the TV. Don't eat in front of any device. You know, and then chew. Normally, I, I tell my clients to count 20 in their head before they swallow. And then swallow. And that will help, you know, your gut is not able to digest the food properly and better. Because if the food is not digested properly, it puts a, a lot of um, um, stress on the gut, which is what you don't want. So it's important to take time and eat your food with no distraction, no stress, you know, don't eat in a hurry, don't eat when you're stressed, you know, when, eat when you're calm, just sit down and eat with no distraction. So that's what mindfulness or eating is all about. And that's definitely true. Um, it really is tied into the upregulation of your autonomic nervous system. So we have sympathetic and parasympathetic, sympathetic being fight or flight, parasympathetic being rest and digest. When we eat in a parasympathetic state, which is fight or flight, right? Um, I'm sorry, I said, it, I said that wrong. When we eat in a sympathetic state, which is fight or flight, then our body has a hard time actually digesting our food. So it's who fights and eats at the same time, right? You're like on guard and then you know you're trying to eat some broccoli over here. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, right? So you have to, you need to be in a more of a parasympathetic state of rest or digest when you eat. There's this group and it's that um, I'm in and it's for this product named Lumen. It's a very good device. Sometimes I post it on my page of, it's a breathalyzer that tells you if your body's burning fat or carbs. And the individuals there who use this, use this device, they ask questions because most of them are new to weight loss or they're plateaued or something like that. And when I have time, I'll go in and I'll answer questions and I help them. And someone asked a question about running because she's like, I came back from a run. How quick, when should I do a measurement or when should I eat? And because she said she should come home for a run and then she would, she would eat. And oftentimes she would like blow or like a four where she's burning a lot of carbs. And I explained to her, I said, what's happening is that you're, you're, when you come back from your run, you're still in a sympathetic state. So you don't want to eat in a sympathetic state because your body, does, body, your body is, needs time to respond to that. So do spend some time, relax yourself, get yourself calm, and then eat a good mind in a mindful, mindful state, and you'll see a difference. A couple hours later, she messaged me that day, and she said, I took a bath after my run, then I ate right. and I blew a two, which she was no longer, she was now in a fat burning mode. And she was in a fat burning mode for because her cortisol level had dropped. And she was she she took a shower, I mean she had a bath and she ate and she was burning more fat because her cortisol level had dropped. And I said exactly and that and the reason why one of the reasons, one of the big reasons, if not the if not the biggest reason 
why we tend to gain a lot of weight, even though we may eat a salad, is because we're constantly in that high cortisol sympathetic state and our body is in fight or flight mode. So it thinks that we are in danger. So that's why there's research too that says that going for a short walk after you eat aids digestion and can lead to weight loss as well. You don't have to power, don't power walk, but just for a nice relaxing walk, get some sunlight. And by the way, connection to sunlight also has an impact on your adipose tissue, which helps you to lose weight as well. So go for a short five to 10 minute walk, taking some fresh air. If you have kids, go out there, walk with your kids. And it does have an impact on your digestion too. So what's your connection? Because I talked about most of your immune system resides in your gut, right? So what is what are some connections with your gut and your immune system? You see, um, 95% of your gut, of your immune system resides in your gut. Because your, your gut is housed with trillions of bacteria. You've got the good ones and the bad ones. So when your gut microbiome is, is, is in a healthy state, where you have more good ones than the bad ones, that will lead to, that will be, you know, lead to your health being, being good. But when, when the, the, the good bacteria helps to shape and train the, the immune system. So mm. when you have um, a, a situation where your gut microbiome is out of balance, which is dysbiosis, where you have more of the bad ones than the, than the good ones, that's going to lead to a lot of inflammation. And then when you are inflamed, that will affect your immune system, okay? Your immune system can either overreact where it begins to um, destroy the healthy cells, that's leads to autoimmune diseases, or your immune system can underreact where you'll be susceptible to all, all kinds of illnesses and sicknesses. So when you have that imbalance in your gut microbiome, where you have um, more of the bad ones and the good ones, it can have an, an, a bad impact on, on your immune system. So everything starts with your gut microbiome. So you have to make sure that you have that healthy balance where you have more of the good ones over the bad ones. Do you have any... Uh... Because I'm going to really be honest with you. I know that most people, I don't have to take a test to know this. Most people have bad bacteria than good bacteria. Because if, if most people didn't, we wouldn't have the health problems that we have now on the level that we have it, right? Because our immune system, our immune system is compromised because we have a lot of bad bacteria. Our gut is inflamed, which is why, which, which is why our, we can't re respond to pathogens and viruses and illnesses the way we should. And that's why the doctors now who are especially naturopathic or doctors who are more enlightened are focused on improving the health of your gut so they can improve the health of your immune system if we want to talk about long-term um, long prevention, right? I, there are a lot of things that I do to improve the health of my gut. Like I drink nasty stuff like Cersei, like bitter stuff, you know, like dark chocolate, I'll go for like 90%, you know, kombucha, like, you know, I... I some of the stuff people I drink, I'm telling you, it would, it would put some hair on your chest, put it you that way, <laughs> right? What are, what are some general tips you have for someone who, um, who may have, you know, gut issues? Fermented foods are very good for the gut. Okay. Well, first of all, you know, like um, prebiotics are very good. I would normally start with a prebiotic because they feed the good bacteria in your gut. You know, they, they provide fuel and the prebiotics get broken down into short chain fatty acid which helps to keep your gut lining healthy so when you prebiotics like green bananas you know is a good um prebiotic so what it is is that they're resistant starch they don't get digested in your gut they go straight to your colon 
your large intestine provide fuel for the good bacteria. So, you know, prebiotics like um, 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 leeks, I don't know if you get leeks in the USA. Leeks, yeah, we do, yeah. Yeah, they're very good. Even onions, garlic, you know, these are the things you can add to your diet. Green bananas are very good. And then also, um, um, you know, rice, cold rice is also very good because when the rice becomes cold, it becomes resistant starch. So it's not going to have an impact on, on, on your blood sugar. So what it does, because it's resistance, that actually resists the digestion, it goes straight to your colon, to your large intestine, provides food for the good bacteria. So things like that are prebiotics that you can add to your diet that can help to support your gut health. And then you have the fermented foods like, you know, sauerkraut, um, kombucha, kimchi, they are very good. They are the probiotics, they're actually live bacteria that you can actually add to your diet to help to support your gut health. I didn't know about the cold rice. That one's new to me. Um, yeah, I'm not rice. a big rice person myself, but... Yeah, but it's, cold rice is not something I tend to recommend because a lot of people tend to share cold rice. They say, oh, cold rice. But no, but cold rice, because it becomes, when it becomes, well, you have to cook the rice first and then you have to leave it to become cold. And when it becomes cold, then it becomes resistant starch. You can't, you know, it will go straight to your colon to provide fuel for the good bacteria. It wouldn't have an impact on your blood sugar. So, you know, I, and I would say to tag on to the end of that, when talking about blood sugar, I recommend everyone downloads a glycemic index or a glycemic load because you, know, you start to learn, okay, which foods actually have no impact or a small impact on your blood sugar, which tend to be the foods that are more resistant starches. And um, so, especially if you're trying to um, lose weight, which is the idea of this show is a weight management show. You want to eat more starch, more, more resistant starches or foods that can help to balance out your blood sugar. When you start to spike and drop the blood sugar, that's when you run into an issue because also you create insulin spike. Insulin being an anabolic hormone is then going to take that excess sugar that your body doesn't need or that glucose and then store it into your fat cells as glycogen, really, not as glucose and store it, as, store it into your fat cells. And that's how you say, well, you know, I ate a thousand calories, but I gained a lot of weight Well, your blood sugar wasn't staying steady. So you can eat 500 calories and still gain weight if you don't keep your blood sugar steady. Yeah, yeah. Blood sugar is really important when it comes to like weight management. You've got to make sure your blood sugar is stable, you know, all the time. One of the things you can do with that, make sure you add protein to all your meals. That will help to, to keep mm-hmm. your blood sugar stable, protein and healthy fat. So don't just yes, have and healthy carbs fat. on Yeah, don't have carbs on it. So you've got to have the healthy fat and protein. And that will help to keep, to, to keep your blood sugar stable. You know, when people say, um, I don't want to eat fat because I'm going to get fat, because that's apparently is uh, a belief that a lot of us have now. And my response to that is always, because, you know, fat's been demonized like forever yeah. and a day since the devil was a boy, as like my grandparents used to say. <laughs> um, but I say saying if you eat fat, you're going to get fat is like saying if you eat blueberries, you're going to turn blue, right? So yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's it's been demonized, but I don't want to get into the whole politics behind big food and big farm and all the other problems. I'll save that for another episode. So, but yeah, and then with you mentioned the pre and the probiotics too, which is very important. It's very slight, but because today in today's day and age, everybody wants to take probiotics. And if you can take prebiotics, they try to do that too. But the thing is, there are a couple of things. One, with probiotics, where we get in pills, they're not all life-cultured probiotics. And a lot of them do not survive the acidic nature of our gut, number one. So you're basically 
spending your money for a bunch of dead stuff that you're going to, for lack of a better term, use the bathroom and, and get rid of them anyway. So that's number one. Number two, even if you're taking life culture probiotics, it's better first to get everything you need from food. And that's why I drink nasty, disgusting stuff. Where bitter stuff is probiotics, right? So that's why I drink bitter stuff. And also another reason why I don't crave sweet things is because I drink, um, I drink um, bitter stuff. So bitter is good for the gut because those are probiotics. But what you brought up, which I think is important, is the prebiotics piece. Because prebiotics is food for your probiotics. So you're not gonna have those, you're not gonna have those good healthy bacteria in your gut if you don't feed them, right? Yeah. So you need prebiotics. So that's why you need fiber. And that's not again, when it comes to keto, ketosis and the carnivore diet, even if you're gonna be on those diets for a long time, you need to have prebiotics, which is healthy fiber and starches, resistant starches in your diet. So that healthy combination is key. And again, that's what we're being on a plan with a coach um like Anne is very it's it makes a, it makes a huge difference for you because now you start to see what's actually happening and not what you think is happening. Yeah. So you posted this, I think it was on Instagram, um, and you said, or maybe it was on your blog, but you said there are seven essential ingredients, seven essential ingredients for a health balanced diet. What are those? Yeah. Okay. Um, the first one is water. You need water. You need, you know, water is so essential, you know. You need to be, you need to make sure you're, you know, having enough water. And then the second one is um, good quality protein. You know, you need to add, like, you know, like, like we said, protein helps with, um, to keep your blood sugar balanced. So you need protein. And protein will help to fill you up for longer, especially if, if you want to lose weight. You need good quality protein. You need healthy fats. You know, like, just like you said, fat has been demonized, but there's some fats out there that are very healthy. You know, like avocado, coconut oil, they're all very healthy fats. You need to add that to your diet and herbs and spices. Herbs and spices are so good. You know, they add flavor and health. Apart from flavor, they're, they're very healthy for you. Turmeric, cinnamon, oregano, there's so many of them. So that's something else. So you got um, um, protein, good quality protein, healthy fats. Starchy carbs too are good for you. You need starchy carbs as well. You know, but you have to be careful with starchy carbs, like, you know, the... Um, glycemic index you have to make sure that the, the ones you take will not have a big, a, a big impact on your blood sugar and if you're going to have them make sure you combine them with a the protein and a healthy fat so you've got your water your herbs and spices your good quality protein good quality healthy fats your starchy carbs and then no processed food leave that out mm. so I've got seven awesome days. You got seven there. Okay. I wasn't counting. I realized it hit seven. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm paying attention, guys. I really, really am. I just apparently I'm terrible at counting because I didn't I didn't realize you hit seven. So let's um let's let's back. I'm gonna back up for a little bit. What was the last one you said though? I really what was the last one you said? No processed food. Yes, sorry. I had a point right and when you said no processed foods. Um, so when it comes to processed foods, we don't realize that nothing in nature. I've mentioned this many times on my show. No food in nature is rich in carbs, fats, protein, and fiber at the same time. Mm -hmm. You challenge me on this, there, there is none. There are foods that have fats and um, fats and protein, some protein, or they may have carbs with you know some fiber, but you're not going to find all four in one food. And the reason why is because your body is not designed to break all that down. Now, when you're talking about processed foods, when you eat processed foods, man, man 
takes all those and combine them into one food. So your body's going to say, okay, I'm going to absorb some, right? I'm going to break down some. First, they're going to break down what they can for energy. Then we break down what it can for energy. It's going to absorb what it can, and then it's going to store what it can, right? And that's what happens because your body can't break down everything at the same time. It's going to store a lot of it. And also a lot, we add also these chemicals that they use to make the food that are not even found in nature. And if they call it natural, it's really not natural, but that's another story within itself. So I'm not saying I don't eat anything processed. If I said that, I would be 100% lying. But I can say that 80% of my diet is non-processed. Someone messaged me today and she said, can I ask you a question? It's a friend of mine. She said, she's like, can I, uh, should I be eating protein bars? And I said, I don't know. Why would you eat protein bars? She said, well, I was watching this, I think it was Beachbody or one of those videos. And it's like, they recommended this particular protein bar. So I said, well, are you getting adequate protein from your diet? Do you eat protein on a daily basis? She's like, yeah, um, I do. And I said, well, if you're getting adequate protein, you don't need to be on protein bars. Now, I don't know if she's specifically getting adequate protein because she's not a client of mine, but I broke it down to her to say, look, if you eat these certain foods, and you're getting adequate protein, then you don't need to eat protein bars. Now, I eat protein bars because I weight train six days a week. And I need that extra protein for recovery because I'm not going to eat chicken and beef and turkey all, all day long, right? So I, I do add in protein bars and protein shakes where I can to make up. But I can't say to everybody, hey, you need to get protein. So you need to get protein bars. So yeah, so try to limit your processed food as much as you can. And like you said, adding water and we talked about you know fats and everything else already, but hydration also plays a very important role in your overall health as well. Yeah. It's, it's very good for your gut health as well. Water. Oh, definitely. Cause the human body, I mean, is what, I forget the number now. I think it's 75% water, I believe. Yeah. 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 And yeah. we do tend to lose water as we age, by the way. So that's not a number that's consistent for everybody because over time you, you know, you, you do tend to dry, I guess, I don't want to say dry out, but in a way we kind of do dry out over time. So, you know, drinking water is important. And something a lot of people don't know too is like carbs. I call them carbohydrates. The more carbs you eat, the more water your body needs. And also, I think a lot of people know this already, it helps you to actually hold water weight in when you yeah. eat a lot of carbs too. So that's why in the yeah. beginning, when people drop a ton of losing weight for the first five pounds, I'm like, it's a combination of stored glycogen and water. Because the less carbs you have, and then you're also losing that water weight. And now you, after that point, you can stop burning fat. So do you have anything to add that I, that I haven't asked or you'd like to uh, share with my audience? Yeah, um, one thing I wanted to kind of add was that um, the mindset is really important when it comes to health. So in as much as, okay, you wanna, if you want to lose weight, you want to deal with your gut health, don't forget the mindset as well. Because... Your body can only achieve what your mind believes. So you have to make sure your, you know, your mindset is right. Positive thinking. You gotta be, you know, you gotta believe in yourself. You gotta, you know, love yourself. You gotta, you know, you you have to start from from, from a place of self-love, you know, and then just just believe in yourself and then just embrace and trust the process. So your mindset is really key in everything. So like you said, self-care is not selfish, right? No. Right. So you're exactly. So you have, you have to start with your mind and then work from there. Um, going forward to this show uh, once a month, I try to have a uh, someone who is a psychologist or transformation coach or someone that um, focuses on uh, mindset 
you know, I've had some really, really good interviews already um, with like Sam Led, who diagnosed ADHD, has a really, really cool podcast. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring on, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to bring on, um, her name is Tracy, Tracy Nelson. Yeah, she's a, uh, she's a um, emotional eating coach, and, or should I say emotional eating expert. So I'm going to bring her on and, you know, going forward and bring on people that actually understand how the mind works and motivation and how it impacts our health or impacts the weight management, because you can try everything that you want to try and try all these gimmicks and these tricks and these fad diets. But if you don't take care of your mind, you're not, yeah. you're going, you're not going to make it anywhere. No, you wouldn't. So the mindset is really important. You got to make sure that you. So, and um, you're giving us a lot of good information today. What is the best way to reach out to you? So you can reach me on my website, um, or you can reach me, reach me on social media. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I would love to hear from you and I would love to work with you. If you need a, if you need a health coach, you know, weight loss, gut health, I'm here to help. And most of us need a health coach. So yeah, I'll definitely make sure that uh, Anne's information is going to be in the, um, in the show notes. I think I'm going to this one, zikahealth.com slash Anne. Actually, her name is Anya, correct? That's my surname. That's my last name. Ah, uh, okay. How do you pronounce your name Anne. for me? Anne Anya. Anne Anya. Got it. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to do this. The show notes are going to be zikahealth.com slash Anya. Because I don't think anybody in the future is ever going to need it. He's going to use that as show notes. So okay. zikahealth.com slash Anya. That's A-N-Y-A. Y-I-A, A-N-Y-I-A. See, I can't even say Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And also the show notes are going to be in the description of the podcast. For anybody that, were who, um, that was hard to follow, click on the description of the podcast. You'll have access to the show notes, all the Anne's information. And uh, Anne, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a really good episode. I'm really glad you took the time out to talk to us and um, enjoy the rest of your day, okay? Thanks for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.